It's the era of Pedro Pascal at the minute with a new trailer for season three of The Mandalorian and the premiere of HBO's The Last of Us, which has been pretty well received. It has to be say, quite unlike most video game adaptations, some of which we will be talking about in today's Let's Talk and... There's plenty for us to get excited about in a new trailer for Scream 6, as well as an announcement that I think has made us happy about Cobra Kai Season 6 upcoming as well. All that, plenty more on today's show. Welcome to the Madness! everyone welcome back to monday madness with morgan that's not morgan that's the machine i'm morgan that's the machine hello morgan and the machine hello the machine. hello hello the morgan. <laughs> i got my pointed fingers confused oh, no, that's then okay. that's okay <laughs> yeah people listening wasn't weren't quite aware that my uh must have thought my mind had just broken temporarily but that's nothing new either is it really for uh <laughs> For Monday Madness, for any show I mean, we have. Madness is in the title, it is expected. It is. So. <laughs> it is. It does seem like we've got an awful lot of exciting things to talk about today, though. Yes, yeah. So let's just jump into it. Ask the I question. Guess. Well, I guess so. I mean, if we want to jump straight into it, very, yeah. very quick, very on it. We've got to be on it today. I suppose, but uh, I haven't asked how are we, how are you, how are how are we, how are how am I? <laughs> yeah, which is also what I usually like to say. I'm okay. You okay? Yes, I'm okay. Good. I hope we are all okay and are excited about today's show. Are excited about the things we're talking about today. I will ask the question now. Sup, Janine? We have some really fun things up today, Morgan. Um, so you did talk about this, uh, moment for Pedro Pascal happening right now. So we did yes. get a, uh, Mandalorian trailer, which looks we did. very, very exciting. Um, I think, yeah, it's probably going to force some people to have to watch, uh, those few episodes of the book of Boba Fett, which I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. So I, I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett too. There was only like, was there only like six episodes it wasn't yeah that it was long, a very was short series i think it was definitely a good kind of uh redemption for this character who was kind of had this cool essence but then the way they kind of ended his story in the original films kind of took away some of that coolness factor so to kind of come back and give him more story and and really flesh him out i think you know for people who haven't read like deeper lore or books or things yeah. like that um and for me as well, certainly. I mean, I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett, even though it, it did turn into kind of Mandalorian, Mandalorian season two and a half. Five, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, part way through, but kind of brought it all back round. It's all in this same because Boba Fett was, of course, reintroduced in season two of the Mandalorian. It it's all works as this same connected world. it all works yeah. as this mm -hmm. little snippet of the Star Wars universe that kind of all 
connect somewhat with each other. I've got a I've got a feeling the Rosario Dawson Ahsoka Tano show will be quite well, similar. It, yeah, because she was heavily it, kind of featured in both of those stories. She so was. She I like was. the interconnectivity of of these stories because they're all at the similar time timeline. So I mean, I did but not. It will definitely. It, yeah. it will mean people have to go and watch the book of Boba Fett really if they want most of the context as to where uh grogu is on his force using story and yeah um, how he's back uh, with mando and all of that yes so, um yes i like this idea of kind of going to mandalore and and uh yeah finding more mandalorians and and you know him trying to find some kind of forgiveness for his discretions of taking his mask off and 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 all of those kinds of things. So I'm looking forward. We saw a bunch of different uh, Mandalorians. So I'm excited to see like this team up or this kind of rivalry between different factions of Mandalorians potentially. Uh, that looks really interesting. I think we're going to get some more. It looks like some Order 66 stuff. So we might actually yeah, get a reveal of who actually got Grogu out. Um, which would be interesting, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yes, I, I, I like the idea of, of thinking that's not something I've actually thought about. I yes. saw lightsaber, lightsaber wielding in the yeah. in the season three trailer. Um, I didn't actually realize it was coming out as soon as it is. I think it's March the first. Yeah. So it's really, really soon. It's really, you know, going to come at us quickly. I think the start of of season three. Um, but it will be it will be interesting to see how Grogu escaped Order sixty six if that is what that little. Well, yeah, because I mean, it does look like it. Yeah, and we got several kind of flashbacks that always kind of cut off before we got more detail in terms of you know what happened. Uh, so I think yeah. you know I don't think they're going to tease us again. I think they're actually going to show what happened. I'd uh, like that and how he got out. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. I think Rogu, like obviously, I think there's going to be a show of strength in his abilities. Um, you know, we see him kind of force pushing this big creature out of a cave and not falling yeah. asleep so potentially kind of learning to harness his powers without kind of tuckering himself out we get a little clip of uh carl weathers in here so i'm glad we get to yes. see him again uh so yeah. there'll be the odd there'll be those odd supporting characters coming back coming for back, one yeah. little episode i think the the director's list that they've put out as well is also very, very similar people. I know Bryce Dallas Howard's doing another one. I think, um, is it Fukunaga's doing another mm -hmm. one? I think Taika did some episodes in like the first season when he was that robot. Yeah. Droid. So, um, yeah. It's it's nice that they've got a real kind of core bunch of, yes, of, of creatives behind it. Yes. And uh -huh. obviously the little supporting characters on on screen themselves that don't seem to you know they, they don't maybe don't have massive amounts of screen time but are always nice to to see kind of show yeah. up again yeah now that we're obviously multiple seasons deep into the world of the mandalorian i'm very excited for it yes, i really same. like the mandalorian the mandalorian has done a hell of a lot of of good in terms of my own mindset towards Star Wars that was just yeah, nullified super by toxic. the sequel trilogy. Yes. Not because of the movies, but because, but of, because the of the discourse around and, the and movies. How just disgusting fans were being about everything. And just me as somebody who is not like the biggest Star Wars person who doesn't know a lot about the lore, these shows are very kind of, 
you know, digestible for people like me who are interested in the world, but it's just so vast and there's so much to know um, that, you know, if you're kind of a surface level fan, you're not going to get everything. But I love that these shows make that information tangible and it yeah. makes sense. And it's easy to kind of connect to familiar things that you may know about the franchise, what, whatever little that may be. So yeah. um, I love these shows for that, for really giving me as somebody who is like, who likes star Wars, who enjoys it, but doesn't know that deep into it. Uh, a kind of in to really understand these characters, get to know them and really enjoy them on a kind of more mainstream kind of level. That's just understandable without having to uh, know a lot of deeper things. Yeah. And they, and they also kind of give you context of deeper things that you may not know about and kind of educate you on those things. So you can also understand uh, the world in general. So I've just had a thought. If that flashback we do see is Order 66 and, and Grogu's potential escape, Grogu's going to be very young. Like, very. I know he's young anyway. He's, he's obviously a child of his species, still a young child at 50 years old, I think. Yeah, something like that. Supposed to be. <clears throat> so, you know, this is set after Return of the Jedi. Is it like 10 years after? Return of the five years after Return of the Jedi, the Mandalorian, something ish like that. Um, he's gonna be like in his 20s, <laughs> Grogu. Yeah, when Order 66 is happening, he's basically like not born in terms of his species lifespan. Yeah, so he's gonna be very, very young. So, yeah, so I hope we actually do get the full scene and not just a tease, which you know, I think they actually did several teases, so I think this is the time to actually show. What Unless happened? he's actually, you know, like Yoda's secret child and it's really going to annoy people. Imagine <laughs> if that was the actual case. Yes. Imagine if that's actually what happens and this is why he had to be smuggled out because he's so important because he's well, got I the mean... same genetic <laughs> DNA. I mean, that would that would, that would would kill people off, wouldn't it? That I mean, would... we've already gotten some very stressful things with uh, parentage and it would annoy so, <laughs> so many people <clears throat> yes i think that would be a dangerous game to play but who knows so <laughs> who knows who yeah. knows yeah i'm excited for it i know Me that too. well you know That's what really else good. i'm excited for Janine? what's that is the fact that they've announced that Cobra Kai season six is the final season. Yes. Yes, and I, I do not celebrate because i hate Cobra Kai i celebrate because i love Cobra Kai and have always feared it going on too long. And with a definitive end now, season six, I enjoy that fact. It's going to, to make that season six feel very, very special. We got a little kind of flashy trailer that came with this announcement. Yeah, just Nothing kind of showing the recaps was of shown. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm just... It was news. It's it's big news because it's a big show. It's a ridiculously popular show, and it it just it's reassured me in my concern yes. of Cobra Kai going on too long. That that I now do not need to be concerned about that. So I, yeah, I needed I think, to just bring that up. I think they got everything out of this show that they needed to get. They had some great moments. I mean, even uh, with season five, like. I think it was probably the weakest season. It just felt like, I know you haven't watched it yet, but I, I know it, it felt like there was definitely 
a stress to find more conflicts and keep it interesting. So while it did do that, you know, it accomplished that goal of still being entertaining. It felt like this was the first season that felt like they were really having to try to make, you know, interesting conflicts. Like, you know, it felt a little forced at moments that they were really trying to figure out how yeah. to continue this story. Whereas like those first four seasons were so fluid and made sense and character motivations while kind of, constantly bouncing back and forth it still yeah, felt like it made, so. yes it still felt like it made sense but this season was the first season that felt like okay we're trying to kind of create conflict here we're trying to do something here we're trying to make this uh continue the story in some way like it felt a little bit like they were really having to to figure out how to make uh continue the story so i think and six I is definitely where you know you're you can end your story you've told all the story you could tell so um yeah and it's it certainly spot it won't feel like that in season six either it won't feel like they're trying to create conflict because they'll be building to something that they know is exactly the end. exactly five felt like so, okay we we have to kind of keep things open we have to yeah. try to figure out some more interesting conflicts we have to kind of figure out how to keep this going or more later down the line whereas now that you know you have an end they point don't need you to can... do that yes so i'm excited uh, i've loved this show i love that we kind of went into this with you know you watching the karate kid films for the first time and then jumping into this series so i'm really excited for you to see season five and kind of see how you feel about it i think the ending of the season definitely ended on some something really interesting so um that definitely built to some some good conflict going into this season six uh, i yeah. do want to watch season five again because i feel like i need it needs it deserves another watch and like this easy this this series is really easy to binge i've done a couple oh, yeah, binges God. of it just kind of go breezing through the first four seasons to get ready for five and and always have a great time every time i watch it so <clears throat> i remember when uh, you you will have to forgive me for uh not having watched season five yet uh, i must apologize for that <laughs> but i know when new seasons have come out that i have watched kind of in real time with everybody else not in that catch-up of the original kind of morgan hasn't seen karate kid series that we did do um i remember watching the entire series in literally like a day and a half it's, it's yeah because of the binge model of it i think has not hindered it because it's a very very successful show it's a it's a show that a lot of people talk about a lot of people love and a lot of people continue to to have conversations about yeah. but um there is i think there's a there's an awful lot to be said about the how the vast majority of television now in the last good few years has gone back to wanting to do weekly shows yeah. and wanting to have longer have week to week build time and, yeah with the of, show of, of conversation because yeah. it, it really helps like the the premiere hbo shows one of which we're obviously going to talk about pretty soon yeah is going to help that an awful lot because it stays in the conversation it stays in the the mind of, of people yeah it builds anticipation it's not forgotten you know? about yeah. quickly mm -hmm. Yeah. And it stretches um, out the time. Yeah. Like people are talking about it. You know, we have a lot of creators who are going to be doing, who would be doing week to week kind of discussion. So you have weeks worth yeah. of, of people buzzing and talking about your content, your show. Yeah. So 
yeah. I think that's a definitely a good model for kind of higher higher profile projects like this. But you know, I don't think Netflix is going to change. So. Unfortunately, no, I don't <laughs> think it is. Um, you know, they, they love I mean, their they binge all... model. I think so. They do, and they, you know, each each kind of major streaming service has its own kind of unique thing. Like all the HBO shows are strictly very week to week. Like Disney Plus, it does pretty good week to week stuff. They don't uh -huh. really put yeah, out try much to do a binge on, on binge. Yeah. Prime does it weird where it'll do like the first two or three episodes yeah. and then go week to week. Yeah. Um, but even that seems to work for Prime. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, but what I do know is that I'm excited for Cobra Kai season six. I'm excited to watch season five as well when I actually finally get around to doing that. But I'm certainly excited to know yes. that it will be the finale, the definitive yes. finale. Yes. Yes, and I think it's it's the right time for this. The show was just so creative in coming out of these great movies and then turning it into this twist on a, on a familiar story and seeing these characters again and just the love and care to to really bring back things from the original movies and, and keep to that continuity of the films. I think it was just so fun and smart to kind of uh, see those things. So I've loved this show and I think it's definitely the perfect time to just, you know, close things out. So Yeah. One other little bit of news <laughs> that I did want to bring up that I saw this past week was something that interested me, but that I actually, I don't think is particularly wise. Or necessary, um, yeah. Or necessary, really. But it, it, it does kind of half interest me. I don't think there's any real way that you could do this without it either just feeling really uncomfortable for a lot of people or coming across as very, very strange. And this is a, a little bit of an announcement that there's an in-development Michael Jackson biopic. Yeah, just that's... Just called Michael, directed by Antoine Fuqua. And I think it's produced by the people who did Bohemian Rhapsody. I think they, they're yeah. try, kind of trying to be their their claim to like oh yeah we we know how to do biopics type this thing. is legit but this is you know this is a very like who first off like who would play michael like who, exactly it's it's yes. not it's not exactly an easy thing to yes. cast who's going to play this person do this makeup without it looking caricature without looking like it's mocking or making fun of um, without looking you like know, you're just putting someone in either blackface or whiteface yes and it just um, looks really odd so really these strange nose prosthetics that aren't gonna just look very much teasing and mocking uh who, who's not gonna do the voice like you know yeah like in a, a very kind of teasing well it's gonna just feel very much like they're making fun of him uh, or cartoonish um how are they going to tell different aspects of, of the story in terms of, you know, allegations and, I've and what, I've heard. what side are they going to sit on with that? Like I've heard in this announcement that they, they want to, as, as any biopic really should, I mean, a, a lot of biopics are obviously quite biased, but as, as a lot of good ones do, they don't shy away from the negatives in someone's life. And I think it was, or this announcement was supposed, was, was saying that, this movie was going to get into how those allegations you know affected him in, in in at that particular time and how he struggled with that for the rest of his life up until he did obviously die in in 
again, just unusual and, and half shady circumstances. circumstances yeah. yeah. Um, it's he's obviously he's a ridiculously difficult person to track a life of because it, it's it's yeah. ridiculously <clears throat> all over the place in terms of. I mean, I will say it for what it is. I have always been a really big fan of Michael Jackson's music. I really do enjoy listening to his music. Um, there is always going to be the thought of the allegations whenever you bring up him as a person. Um, but then again, those allegations are were and were only ever allegations yeah i mean and and the fact that they were coming out after his passing and not before then you know which is not to say that it's not true but we simply do not know not, for no sure. yeah there's no no real confirmation of anything um yes and i agreed like i grew up listening to his music i grew up celebrating the fact that we share a birthday you know i would always go around mm. and be like i have the same birthday as michael jackson um and yeah so a very complicated man i think somebody who also put on this persona and i don't know that the people maybe closest to him would want to really kind of expose the a side of him that maybe he didn't want people to see yeah, like you know with point. with with lisa marie's passing i i've seen like interviews of her resurfacing really talking about how michael is not this like meek kind of person that he put out there this that was a persona he was very uh you know you know he had kind of like a potty mouth and he would you know <laughs> talk very differently to how he put you know she was talking she would in this interview i remember her talking about i think maybe she was talking to like diane sawyer or something and she was very much like michael is nothing like you know he's very kind of confident he doesn't he's not this meek little person that he like portrays himself to be you know he he very much has a bit of like a trashy mouth and like is very it's very kind of, unusual when you yes, think about it. Yes. <clears throat> so, you know, for her to kind of describe this completely different person, how many people got to see that side of him? Yeah. And, and would they show that in the film or would they show the projected version of him? I you know? I I just think it's it's wise to not not doing this it's it, it wise seems to just too difficult clear there's too many away. question marks i think you know with someone like whitney there were definitely a lot of things that we saw a lot of things that you know you could fact check right yes it's tough <laughs> but with him there. there's uh, there's way too much about him that was too private to to really get accurate and anything else you do is going to feel very made up or um, maybe yeah. making fun of him or it's almost, just inaccurate. It's almost, so. worth, it's almost worth if 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 we must do this movie, which again, as as someone who is quite honestly a fan of of his music and remains that, I you almost think about this as. Would it not be a wiser decision if we're going to do this movie to do it as one of those snippet biopics that's maybe just the early years? Yeah, that it's only kind of focusing on a specific time in his life. So there's still trouble there because there's obviously there's all sorts of 
questions about even his parentage, isn't there? And there's questions about his growing up and Joe Jackson and, and yeah. starting the Jackson 5 and going off on his own. And if you chart kind of that, and but that's obviously then steering away from what a kind lot of, of the people most, find as the, the, very, the height very, of him. The, the height of him, the most interesting parts of what yes, people would think, you yes. know. Um, so yeah, I just don't see how this would work. I don't see who they would cast, who could do the dancing, who could, you know, no, who no. could do have the look in terms of like if they're if they are doing different phases of his life. He changed very dramatically from how he looked. How are they going to do that makeup to make him not look very cartoonish and like something you would see in a scary movie sequel, you know? Um, so I'm just very. I'm very apprehensive about this. <laughs> yes. Basically, don't do it. Yes. I don't don't do it. Idea, but... I do not think it's a good idea at all. Janine, um, I don't know what you want to talk about first out of these two rather large what's up topics that we do have left. Um, let's get into uh, The Last of Us. Well, let's talk about this. Now, of course, these episodes, this show comes out on a Monday. It's called Monday Madness. The Last of Us airs on a Sunday. This is the exact yes. same problem we had with House of the, House Dragon, of the Dragon in the yeah. summer, where we couldn't actually talk about the latest episode because we have to record these, obviously, before the, the, the release of the new, the latest episode, yeah. um, which which is, is is not very nice at all. But we can talk about the start of The Last of Us, the 80-minute-long the episode one of The Last of Us. Now, I would like to preface this by saying I have zero concept of The Last of Us. I know it was a a, post a post-apocalyptic uh, zombie, zombie game, yeah. and it had someone called Joel in it and a, and a girl, and they were fighting Traveling. zombies that's about all i knew that's of the same, last of us same i had no really context outside of this guy and a young girl are traveling through this dystopian world where there are zombies trying to survive that's basically yeah the context of all i knew so i did do some some you know light research in terms of you know creators doing videos talking about all the things you need to know before going into this show and things uh, like okay that. so you know I, I got to get a little bit of insight on certain characters that were going to appear in the show i think one of the voice actresses who's one of the characters in the game is actually playing herself her character in in the show so i think oh, that's kind of a cool element cool. Um, since the episode has come out, I've seen a lot of really cool side-by-sides in terms of um, scenes from the show very much being exactly taken from scenes from the game as the game creator is the creator of this show, which I think is a really cool Yeah, thing. I've seen that um, too. So it definitely, you know, this first episode definitely gave me vibes of The Walking Dead. I know you haven't watched The Walking Dead, so hopefully we can do some type of... Morgan hasn't seen TV on The Walking Dead in some point. That's a future. hell of a lot of TV. <laughs> it is. It is, but 84 I would love... seasons of 400 <laughs> yeah, episodes. I mean, I've been re-watching the show myself with The Walking Dead, but um. I would I would love to kind of have you watch it, you know, at some point down many lines of, you know, all the things we're doing <laughs> at some point. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but yes, it definitely gave me that essence, especially in terms of, you know, that original media uh creator being 
having a hand in in the show version as as robert kirkman was very much involved in the walking dead show as he was the creator of the original comics so you know when you have that creator hand in there i think it's really important in in shaping the story and so I loved really seeing the side-by-sides as someone who didn't play the game. Like they really took dialogue and scenes, staged them pretty much exact to the game. And and the actors do a really good job of making it feel like, you know, a show and not, not like them just trying to recreate a scene from a game. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was watching it. I was watching that first episode. Obviously, I knew it was a game, but I was watching it thinking like how how is this a game this doesn't seem like it's got any kind of game aspects to it Real this just seems story. like yeah mm-hmm. a story and i know obviously yeah uh, the great video games in, in in the in that world not in the last of us world i mean in the video game world are te- or tend to be the ones with great stories and great yes. characterization and this is what's considered the top tier of games i am i'm not a gamer i have precious little knowledge when it comes to the ins and outs of the video game world and what's considered great all i know is that the last game i really played and got into really well was was red dead redemption 2 which was exactly that it was exactly it was the story the characterization uh, and and the world itself that makes that game something i can still put on and and just potter around in now and just ride my horse to various places because it's just (laughs) i enjoy that atmosphere um now i'm led to believe the last of us is is similar in 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 quality in terms of its its story its characters its its real kind of power as something you are sat with you are you know handling you are journeying with these characters playing as joel i think you do and do you do play as yourself yeah and moments that happen obviously in the story that i i have got no idea where this story goes i do not know the story of the last of us past what we saw from episode one of this television show at the current time um so well i I forget what i was saying now my (laughs) mind's gone my train of thought's gone unfortunately Um, um i i have no concept of of well, I have my, my, where, my train where, of thought's completely gone. I do apologize. No, you're, you're fine. Um, yeah, no, I have no idea really where it's going either. Um, I am somebody who is very much a fighting game person, not really a playthrough game person. Uh, like, I love watching playthroughs of games and other people doing that. But um, that's just not for me. I'm very much a, a beat-em-up kind of a side-scroller. Arcade style. Or, or definitely an arcade kind of fighting game. So not my brand of game but i i like games that do have stories in them you know like you know arkham the arkham games have like great stories kind of involved with them and stuff like that so um yeah i I went into this with with very little knowledge of where it was going to go but in in kind of just doing some mild research and looking at people really describing the similarities i thought it was really interesting and, and uh really some great 
subject matter and and uh, storylines in the game that will lead to I think some really great content for the show. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to where it's going to go and even just kind of this ending of of what we learn and how that's going to uh, how this journey with these two characters is going to you know progress going forward. So. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I, I did not know the significance of Ellie, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Um, so it's, it's very interesting, really. Um, we're obviously in this ridiculously bleak world. And while I would say that this kind of game probably is my vibe of game, it probably is my style of game, this deeply kind of immersive you can sit with it for hours upon hours upon hours and kind of jump back into it kind of game yeah um i think i think the the game's 10 years old now so it's not like a it's not 2013 it's i suppose the world of video games develops incredibly rapidly really doesn't it in terms of new technologies Mm -hmm. and things like this so I suppose I imagine there's a remastered version. I imagine I think there was a last oh, yeah, I think part there is. two game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So perhaps it's wise to kind of go into that once this series is 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 finished, and perhaps check that out from for myself because although it does seem from this first episode or from what we got from this first episode that this is going to be a deeply miserable affair. Yes. Of a story. And, and... And I like, you know, something I, I love about zombie stories is the the juxtaposition of, of the world. Again, something very similar mm. that Walking Dead did was showing what the world looked like before all of this. Um, so you kind of know what this is leading to, but getting to see the world before while kind of gradually peppering like i love my one of my favorite things in zombie movies is the subtle cues that the world is shifting uh you know i think uh when i i watched Shaun of the dead with you and i was talking to you about how i love just the little hints happening around Sean that showed that something isn't right, something's going wrong, something yes, on the radio or yeah. the TV that's just kind of innocuous in the background you don't think about. So I love that this show kind of opens with these little subtle things, like you see a kid's hand twitching in the class and, and yeah. uh, you know, the shopkeeper shooing her out. And and so all these different little things happening. Um, the mother, the when she goes to visit the neighbors and the grandmother is twitching behind her but she's out of focus you don't really know what's going on um and we we get this opening of a talk show like in the 60s kind of describing um the potential disease and and really getting into the science of it as well so i like kind of basing it off of real science because i think this is something that does happen to like ants and and that kind of thing of these these spores that kind of take over them and control them and their primary goal is to just spread um, so the fact that something like that could happen to humans. So they're setting up the science of it and making it kind of make sense to something real. And so when you get it to does, I think that's, I think you... that's what I, I think that's what I mean when I say it's a very, very miserable, bleak affair, because it, it's so it seems I mean, this cold open really does a phenomenal yeah. job at putting this in deep reality. I mean, yeah. as something like 100 percent this could happen and these kind of things always i never like to to i never like to watch these things because I, i'm not a fatalist you know i'm not kind of somebody yeah. who likes to I'm, I'm i'm not a doom 
you know, a doomist <laughs> or anything proper. like this. I, I, I don't, I don't like the to watch nigh. these type of things. <laughs> I don't like to think about these type of things. Yeah. But I can't deny the effectiveness of presenting this in this way. It, it works perfectly for yes. this particular world, for this particular story. I think, and. I can see myself as we go on with this Last of Us series thinking that this show is is incredibly well presented, incredibly well made, incredibly well performed. I can see myself praising this show to no end, but in no way will I actually want to watch it again. Do you know what I mean? Because it will be too... I feel it will be too yeah. miserable. I feel it will be too depressing. Um, people like this sort of stuff. People really go for this post-apocalyptic just misery because it, it, it's a world, it's a genre that creates and allows for great allegorical storytelling. And that's exactly what we're kind of getting in this. There's a lot of, you know, what if the world was to get warmer? You know, there's no guarantee this fungus wouldn't infect your brain and cause you to turn into some weird mustache crustacean creature on the <laughs> mustache yeah. mushroom. I meant mushroom crustacean creature yeah, on the like wall. Yeah, fungus thing. Um, well, yeah, it's horrendous. There's the, the effects in it, this yeah. were, were nasty so as all hell. It was awful. Yes. They, they look very disgusting and like when the grandmother is like has all these like spore tentacles like coming out of her mouth like it's no so it's always vomit inducing um, yeah, yeah really is. and i think it's the body game actually focuses a fantastic on, degree yes and, and i like even just subtle adjustments that i think they do to make sense in, in a show kind of world is in the game i think you can be infected by spores like in the air but like then you'd have to have if you know in a show aspect you'd have to have your characters wearing masks all the time so i think yeah. they definitely change that to like you know these tentacles that have to like actually touch you because uh it just wouldn't make sense to have these characters constantly wearing masks and we couldn't see their faces well um, it would be really unfortunate for pedro pascal to have to wear a mask, <laughs> wear a mask yet again, again. <laughs> yes. in another in another um, show that he's leading property. it would be yeah. like he would be he would be thinking what do i have to do to actually get my face, get my face shown on screen yeah. in one of my tv shows yes but i think the setup was really well done um i'm really interested in our characters and then also just kind of shifting to the, what the world is now to see you know this kind of cold sad person from the person we met in that first you know half of the show and then seeing where uh joel is now in terms of just being able to throw this uh infected kid's body on this pyre yeah. uh, without really thinking about it like the woman who brings the body is like i can't do it and then he can just pick up the body and just throw it like nothing um so just to see after all this time has passed and he's just very numb to to this world now and very different from who he used to be so i like that juxtaposition that we get of kind of the the evolution of these characters we quickly kind of learn um 
how they've shifted. And so we get to know them very fast. And I think that, you know, how they did it worked really well. So I'm really curious to kind of get into these characters more, really understand like what happened with Joel and his brother, because they seemed, you know, yeah. very kind of tight knit at the beginning. And, and, you know, why, where did the separation between the two of them come from on top of this journey that they kind of have to go on? So uh, I, I'm really liking what I've seen of this show so far. Yeah, it, it, it hits you with a gut punch right away in this in this episode and you know in, in that first episode mm -hmm. and i just get the sense that that's what this show is going to be with somebody who does not know the story of the last of us who has never played the game i just get the sense that this is going to be kind of emotional gut punch after emotional gut punch well, yeah. but we are going to become very very fond of these characters and very very fond of of joel and ellie's kind of partnership together that's going to kind of grow throughout the, the series i think and yeah like you talked about like this is a bleak show that you don't think you'd ever watch again like again just to compare it to the walking dead i think it's very similar like the only reason i'm re-watching the walking dead is because i kind of dipped out at a certain point and then people kind of talked about how the, the last kind of closing seasons were actually really good and the show ended so now i do kind of want to see what i missed so which just, requires me to kind of go back and rewatch it again but if i had seen the whole series i don't know that i would have needed to go back and watch it again because it's so bleak and and all of those things i just feel like with say the, the walking dead again not that i've got much concept of that but it's always come across to me as a little bit or it treats itself a little bit fantastically. It treats itself a little bit soap opera-y um, in terms of its character dynamics and it, its world is a little bit more heightened. Like this to me, The Last of Us just seems so ingrained. And maybe it's simply because we're now living in a, a world that has just gone through and it's still dealing with the effects of a pandemic. Perhaps it is due to that, that my mind is now, this could happen, this is presented as this could actually happen, and it might actually happen, and that scares me. <laughs> you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, yeah. That I just feel like The Walking Dead would be a little bit more fun, <laughs> even though it um... has its darkness to it. I think, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying about a little bit of the soapiness, but I do think there is still a very much realness in terms of the characters and the storytelling i think maybe the later seasons do get a little bit uh on the heightened side but i think for okay. the most part the earlier seasons maybe going all the way up to season four feel very grounded still and, and real even though you're dealing with this kind of world of zombies and and uh there's really good kind of character stuff and and real real feeling stuff and, and i do also uh, think as well relatable like, character I motivations like the zombies in The Walking Dead are are, are dead, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yes. They're reanimated, aren't they? Yeah. This is the idea of them. The zombies in The Last of Us are infected. Yeah. There's that difference that allows my brain, I think, to go, okay, dead people can't come back. That's fine. I can deal with that. But people yeah. can get infected. 
that is real and and mutate and into this me. thing yes and so the more kind of real science behind this i think yeah. also adds adds an interesting element to this show so. obviously that's entirely what this show is that's entirely what this game is and it, it's going to continue to be that it's just something that that in my mind genuinely quite scares me when i think of it and i don't yes, like especially that. kind of what we've all been through in the past yeah. few years so yes i don't want to us. turn into a mushroom <laughs> i know I don't. Uh, I bet, like, and, and just a fungus and spores and all those kinds of things. Just very, Horrible. very creepy in terms of how it looks. And yeah. I'd yeah. rather have the 28 days later rage virus than this. <laughs> at least I'm just kind of sprinting around, frothing at the mouth in that, I'm turning my eyes red. You'd rather this have is the monkey just... rage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, this is parasitic. Yes, and you know what I mean? completely is... just grows and yeah, until you look like a creepy fungus thing. Really you know? disgusting. Really, really yeah. disgusting. But oh my god, what an opening to this show. Yes, yeah. Um I'm I am I am very much looking forward to watching the rest of it as 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 miserable as I do think it's going to be. I think it's gonna be brilliant, brilliant television. Yes. Um and, and yeah, of course, you know, as we we discussed our, our how we tape these shows, the second episode has since been out. Uh, it but, has. You know, we will probably talk about it next week or, you know, which we we will be on a little bit of a break, but we will be coming with like our opinions through through other means. So, so stay tuned. Yes. On, on, on the channel and things like <laughs> yeah. that on the YouTube channel, subscribed in the notification bells and all this kind of fun stuff. Yes. for that but uh yes there will be there will be a little bit more last of us conversation coming i i do not doubt that yes. janine but it also seems to just really work for pedro pascal i mean we don't get much of bella ramsey in that first episode we get enough for us to actually yeah. seem to enjoy what she's doing i really like that it is actually her playing it because I always really liked her as Liana, little Liana. Yes, Warren everybody loved Game her. Game of Thrones. Yes, so we do get a little um, fun Game of Thrones <laughs> characters kind of uniting. We do Game of Thrones merger. Really yeah, yeah which is really fun. It, um, it just seems like this kind of character is built for Pedro Pascal. He just seems to be able to play these very, very grouchy protectors Stoic yet hearty <laughs> yes. grouchy protectors is perfect yes. <laughs> he plays grouchy protectors they do have a heart it's they somewhere do. They do. they'll just yes. never show it yeah and pedro pascal is perfect in these kind of things yes. he's doing yes. the when you think about it he's doing the exact same thing in the mandalorian essentially yeah essentially <laughs> having you know even in like those when he found grogu and like the mission to have to take him where he needed to go very mm. very similar yeah um it's exactly so, the yes. same yes also just shout out to uh you know thandy way newton's twin you know in her daughter who plays his daughter in the in the oh, right part yeah of yeah she looks exactly like her mother so uh yeah oh what a horrible great. scene what a horrible scene yes, that was, so that was the gut punch so that, sad and that yeah. was those were the like side by side things that yes. i've seen and yeah, people so. were saying on twitter oh we all knew this scene was coming in the first episode yeah and you guys didn't because you didn't play the game and no i didn't that was horrible that was hard yeah <laughs> it was really hard like we barely know these people and that yeah. was a horrible scene to have yeah. to watch yeah it was tough but... yeah credit credit to the start of the last of us it's uh 
started very strong, particularly yes. when you're comparing against other video game adaptations. Yes, which we will get into. <laughs> yeah. And other um, new HBO Max premieres. <laughs> Velma not doing so well. But, um, not doing yeah. well at all. <laughs> no. Not doing well. Being absolutely hammered. I believe it? it has like a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes or oh, something dear. like that. Yeah. Um, oh so, yeah. dear. Yes. At least HBO has has The Last of Us. So, yeah. <laughs> and 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 not forgetting the 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 House of the Dragon stuff and all its other great yeah. stuff. To be honest, yes. With yes. HBO. But Janine, here we go now, because this past week you got very excited. You got particularly excited, didn't you? As I did. As our little friend at the corner of your screen can testify to um if you are watching this episode you will notice janine has a little friend I today do. um shout out to he, our good friend not... and patron steve for my little if you can see ghost oh there oh, there it is lovely yeah. <laughs> lovely yes. we have a little ghost face yes um because scream six got a new extended trailer this yes. week oh my janine gosh did yes do a, a, a quick initial reaction to it on our shorts on on the youtube channel um of course breaking all things down there's a, a second short on there as well i think talking about a particular uh shrine from yes, this trailer so yes. please please be aware of uh, of spoilers for the trailer which probably should have made people aware of spoilers for the start of the last of us but given that we're now on episode two you feel like people who probably caught up with at least the first one yes um although we can never be sure but we we will be now talking about the screen six trailer and janine i'm sure you spotted all little different (laughs) kinds of easter eggs so please yes let's me get my thoughts out of the way with first and then you can you can do a a deep dive that i obviously don't know about in in as much depth at all all i will say is that (laughs) i i really like that they are really treating this as a totally fresh thing for the screen franchise a totally new thing the taglines new york new rules i've got it on my sign today (laughs) and whoever's ghost face in this movie says multiple times in this trailer i'm someone you've you you i'm something different i'm something something different different. yeah Uh, you know you've never seen a ghost face like Like me me before yeah and the fact we see this cultish looking shrine of all these this ghost face memorabilia by the looks of it there's there's costumes in cases it looks like iron man it looks like iron man's (laughs) little cave in iron man 3 or whatever he had when it was all of his suits all lined up in glass cabinets this is what it looks like there's knives everywhere gail and 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 hayden panettiere's there and 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 general tager's back and and some of the people from from the last movie and but because it's obviously in new york now i think that's that's the that's the basic reason as to why this movie feels fresh yes there's i a mean really interesting idea with this ghost face i mean surely this truly is going to be a type of ghost face we've never seen before 
in whatever potentially exciting way that may be, I know you've spoke about perhaps it's someone we may have met in a previous movie because we've never had a ghost face. We've I mean, I, that's just something before. I would love to see, just, just to be different and not kind of or, away from the typical formula. Or if it's somebody who is truly just deeply studied on the ghost face yes. history, uh, yes. on the history of these in-world ghost faces, has created this, this cult of people by the yeah. looks of it, because there's several people on this subway train dressed as Ghostface, are they all involved? Is is one of them just in a Halloween costume because it's Halloween? Is one of them actually Ghostface? We're not really sure. We're not really sure. And I will just say this as well. Why are people complaining about Ghostface using a gun? Ghostface always uses guns. Essentially, when they're when, when they're not in Ghostface outfit, they they that's pretty much when they bring out the guns. Um but and yes, the okay. only reason ghost faced in, 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 in uniform usually yes, stabs people, but doesn't have to, hasn't always just killed people by yeah, stabbing. We had people. Billy had a gun, Mrs. Loomis had a gun, Mickey had a gun, like we've seen Jill had a gun. Uh you know everybody had a gun. Yes. Every Relax. ghost face has had a gun. I think Amber had a gun. Amber so, yes. had a gun. Last yes. Jack Wade had a gun. Everybody had a gun, but I think it was just Ghostface himself in costume didn't wield. I the gun. don't care. And I the only reason care. I think people maybe thought, oh, he's carrying around the shotgun the whole time, but then in the, in the trailer you do see he took it from the bodega guy. Yes, so exactly. Why yes. yes. Um, but yeah, just the brutality of of of, of this Ghostface. Like he looks very Does much look particularly just, nasty. Yeah. Yes, it looks just very brutal, much more brutal than kind of what we've seen before. So already the tone is different. Um, it's almost as though it's almost, does it not almost to you feel like it's not personal? You know, like Scream 5, I think, was was kind of felt, it felt personal. It felt like there was, there yes. was reason behind yes. going after, going after Sydney again, going after Dewey, going after Gail. Yes. I just feel like this is someone who is obsessed with Ghostface, but doesn't really care about who they're killing. Yes, they're just obsessed with these crimes, obsessed with these people who could go and do these things. People have kind of insinuated maybe, you know, instead of it being a focus on the stab movies or movies in general or that kind of aspect of, of, of the driving motivation, it being more about kind of what is popular today, which is like true crime and a, an obsession with kind of true yeah. crime and, and those yeah. aspects and just the intrigue of, of getting away with things like this, the obsession that people have with serial killers. You know, we had the Dahmer show getting awards and things like that. We have serial killers in jail weird. who get, who get love letters and accolades and all these things and people wanting to meet them and befriend them and, uh, and things like that. And then we get into the original Scream 3 script where, you know, it was supposed to be Stu in prison and, and kind of mentoring this cult of followers to kind of go out and, and, and do these things and, and, and kill in, on his behalf and that kind of thing. And um, so, you know, this brought up a couple of theories for me and like I kind of have been in comment sections of other videos and people actually bringing up some really good points to me. You know, I kind of brought up the point that... Um, Perry Nemiroff, critic who uh, recently interviewed Wait, Kevin yeah. Williamson and, you we know, loves Perry Nemiroff. Yes, and has point blank asked him, you know, she recently asked him, you know, is Stu dead? And he's, yeah, Stu, you know, is dead. Um, okay. And, and confirmed it. 
So that's kind of where my mind was going. So I brought that up to somebody in a comment section because, you know, we did get the poster where Stu's little dot on the map was like a little bit highlighted. And, you know, people really still talking about, oh, well, Stu could potentially come back. But I had people kind of bring up the point where, well, like, you know, I think when Kevin Williamson says that, he's glossing over the point that he did actually write a whole ass script where he had Stu alive. So for him to kind of come back now yeah. and say that Stu is dead is, is interesting. And to the point that he also kind of gave his blessing to Radio Silence to kind of do whatever they wanted. So if they choose to bring Stu back, they could do okay. that if they wanted to. So... Um, you know, that, that was, I, I kind of went back to the person like, you know, that's a good point. So, you know, I've always been very adamant that I don't think Stu would, would come back or Stu would survive. Um, but you know, kind of in talking to other people and getting those kind of takes, like maybe there is potential for him to have survived in some way or, or be alive or just in general, a cult of people who, you know, are, are still very much stew supporters or something like that um and then even some other things that kind of drive me to this theory of of it being very stew focused the only ghost face suit in a glass case in that shrine is billy's so you know there have oh. been you know so that was his partner that was his guy so of course yeah, he's going to, you know have his suit the special one the encased one and, and be gunning for the daughter of his his partner you know and then, of yes, course, because the, that, the underlying she the under, is, isn't it? Yes, yes. And like, if you look at the map, all the lines point to Sam. So, um, oh. you know, so that definitely, I think, could play into some things of, of Stu either being alive or it being very Stu focused and, and and kind of his relationship to Billy being kind of a driving force in terms of why this is happening. Um, and, you know, a lot of, you know, talks over the years of uh, was Stu kind of in love with Billy? Were, were there kind of, was there an underlying homosexual energy between the two of them, which, you know, definitely could play. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just being mad that, you know, he lost his Billy and all of these things. So um, definitely some very good arguments in terms of theories of Stu being alive or it just being very strongly tied to Stu and that kind of be the starting point to branch off of a cult. Um, I do like the idea of like true crime obsession. So a lot of really interesting kind of theories mulling around in my head in terms of kind of what we were able to see in this trailer. I, 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 I do like that actually because what I did, you know, what I didn't necessarily notice from this trailer was an awful lot of the typical scream comedy and i don't yeah. mean that in terms of just silly ha ha but i mean they're very very smart in their satire nature yeah. the screen movies as as half parodies of slasher movies themselves while being incredibly good slasher movies yeah um this is what scream was birthed as this is what scream was always was um scream five certainly did that very very well and because this is coming obviously so short there's such a short time after, after that with mm -hmm. a lot of the same people i hope it's going to be that similar attitude to it's playing on the comedy and if we are focusing on like you said perhaps playing on people's obsession with true crime and making it about true crime and weird weird obsession with those kind of things I think a lot of good comedy could come from that. A lot of yes. good screen style comedy yes. could come yeah. from that. Yeah. So I, I like that 
but I didn't notice any in this trailer. No, uh, so I it was very kind of serious it... and brutal and straightforward. Um, I certainly so hope I... it doesn't. I certainly hope it has that in there. I don't think it would feel like a yes, screen movie I definitely if, it think is, it needs... if it is a straightforward slasher. It needs that comedic tone, but this was straight up kind of a horror trailer. Like seeing the kind of uh, shape of Ghostface through that frosted glass door and all of our yeah. characters kind of just waiting with bated breath. And, um, you know, we get flashes of some really solid chases of, you know, them having mm. to use a ladder to cross from one apartment to the other. And then you get a flash of Ghostface at the window at the ladder. So the last person on that ladder is probably not making it. Yeah. Um, and you know what Ghostface is always like whoever, whoever Ghostface is you know what they're always like they're always really agile yes. really quick really nimble yes so you they're know. not plodding Michael Myers are they they're not, they're, no. they're not just <laughs> just walking really slow long. they're fast they're quick um, they've got the knife skills they got it all so um, yeah we get flashes of Tony Revolori and Samara Weaving's characters yes. so I think people speculate because we kind of just got quick flashes of them you know they could be the opening kill potentially um, possibly yes I mean theory, people kind of theorizing obviously probably some of the new characters are going to be involved in being killers I would love to see more than two killers uh, because that's something yeah, different see, this, is what I'm, um, this is what I'm thinking of I, this group aspect, this cult aspect I, I'm I think would be really a really into. cool thing yeah I think you know we have Mindy having a, a seemingly girlfriend character so I'm sure that you know, yeah. you know instead of it being the boyfriend it being the girlfriend would be an interesting kind of twist to things um, we have um, uh, Dylan McDermott, Dylan, Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney's character. Um, no, it might as well cop. be Dylan McDermott. I'm, I mean, my I know, God, Dylan how McDermott often do I get those confused? Yeah. Dylan McDermott Mulroney. It's the same person. <laughs> yes, you don't even look bit. similar. No, it's just the name. It's just the name. Um, but I was actually having a conversation with my friend Jader, who is obsessed with screams like I am. Mm. And, you know, we both kind of agreed. Well, what if uh, uh, Dermot Mulroney's character is involved in some way? I mean, to get all of these pieces of memorabilia that you see in this shrine, uh, these things would be in evidence. And he is a cop. So, yeah. you know, you'd have to have some type of cop connection, I would assume, to get access to all of these things, which I do want to kind of go over what is in the shrine as well um, before we kind of move on. Um, but in general, it just looks like there's a lot of cool chases. It looks very brutal. This ghost face definitely feels different than what we've seen before. That's what I wanted. Like things that yeah. I wanted to see were, um, you know, multiple ghost faces, more than two, a, a different motive that that's kind of not related to staff you know um i think the you know and maybe not re related to to vengeance directly um yeah. and it does I, look like that yes i i wanted to see more chases i think scream 5 was lacking in that um to really use the city of new york to really use the city of new york as a playground because yes this is not the first movie where we're getting out of woodsboro of course we had windsor college but we stayed very kind of focused on the college campus and we had hollywood which we were very much on kind of movie sets and then kind of the mansion at the end so we weren't really running around the city all that much so to kind of be this in the not. in the expanse of new york i really want that to kind of play and it seems like it does in this trailer um so i'm really excited for that do you think there's going to be people in 
actual New York dressed as Ghostface. I mean, potentially. I love that it takes place on Halloween. That's something we've never done before. So, I mean, that. But I mean, like in the next month, for marketing reasons. I mean, just have people running around. That would be going about as Ghostface. I mean, we got something similar with Megan. So yeah, I would love a promotion. Terrify people, wouldn't it? Really, they'd have to. The knife. It's not real. It's not a real knife. No, it's fake knife. Floki. Or he has a shotgun. But yeah, um, I like I like the the brutality of it. I mean, something we are getting that like everyone's kind of going crazy about is Gail is actually getting her first Ghostface phone call. The fact that Gail has never oh, yeah. had yeah. a conversation on the phone with Ghostface, and even in the promotional material, they're like, uh, we have like Ghostface saying the call I've been waiting to make, you know, and and showing him calling Gail. So I love yeah, it's that fun. we're we're getting so it looks like we're getting a lot of new things. You know, another thing I kind of talked about was like I would love to see even if not maybe as Ghostface, a character that we've met previously kind of coming back, like uh, somebody that we didn't even think about. Um, not Caden Panettiere. Yes. Uh, so I would love to see, because Ghostface, is, and Ghostface like in particular, has never been a character that we've previously met. No. Like we pre- met in a previous movie, coming back, and now they're Ghostface. It's always been someone we've in, been introduced to in that new movie. So I would love to see. So yeah, like if it was Stu, like I, I think some people hate that idea, but I would kind of go crazy over it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was very adamant on Stu being dead, but kind of in having conversations with people. I mean, I think there are signs pointing to, you know, radio silence potentially maybe, and maybe doing something like that to kind of not necessarily distract, but, you know, since we can't have Sydney, something just as kind of big and, and bold yeah. and, and awesome for fans. Um and I will say, like, well, I, I didn't, in the format of this trailer, I didn't miss Sydney. My brain was like, I, no, like, that's that our, fair. I like that our girl is getting a break. I like that our girl's kind of getting a moment <laughs> to be with her family and breathe and not have yeah. to deal with any of this craziness. So I didn't miss her in that aspect. And based on kind of how this trailer was formatted. So... Well, the thing is, we're still getting Gale, and obviously Gale is, is getting to do yes, new things a la talking to Ghostface directly. So it, yes, it, it's, yes. it's interesting in that way. We're still getting that original cast being more than a big part of this particular yes. movie. Yes. And um, uh... All else I will say is I've forgotten now. I've completely <laughs> forgotten sorry. now. My train of thought <laughs> is horrendous. I do apologize, Janine. No, I may okay. remember it. Please continue. Okay. Um, so just another thing with the stew stuff, like he's also been, Matthew Lillard himself has been kind of teasy about things. Like just in interviews, he kind of talks about, you know, he does talk about how he was originally supposed to survive in in Scream 3 and, and be the killer, um, you know, pictures of him he was on the set of scream 2 kind of lurking in the background in a wig because he was dating f campbell and date and visiting the set that at that time so okay. kevin williamson kind of talks about that as a reason that people assume that Stu is still alive but also use that as a reason to confirm that he wasn't so um but matthew lillard himself definitely has been teasing things i think he recently put a tweet out kind of just talking about I mean, it was just a TV, right? He literally tweeted something like, it was, it was just a TV. Like, so, I don't Very know. interesting. <laughs> this is what I wanted to say. All else I will say is, let us not be disappointed if our ideas do not come to fruition in this movie. Especially 
if it ends up being a well-told story and a well-told movie itself. Just yes. in case you're... I do not like to do this. <laughs> so I do not like to go into movies wanting a particular thing. Yeah, these... these... <laughs> Well, these and for me I are feel like like we're at fear of doing this. <laughs> we uh, these are wish list things for me, just in terms of ideas to make it feel different from what we've seen before. In general, the, these are just things that for me would make it feel different from any screen movie. But not requirements. Just, uh, yes, they are not strict requirements. It's just general ideas I have about what could make this series, what okay. could make this movie different than the other ones. So, in general, all I'm asking for is for this film to do something different than the other Scream films have done. Because well, while I do love our typical Scream like formula, that. that is what I want. So, um, and then yeah, just love Kirby coming back, and I do think she's like a cop or a detective or something. So that's yeah. kind of going to be a cool thing as well. So just to kind of close this off, I do kind of want to go over what is in the shrine. And oh yes, yes, please <laughs> yes. do. So I mean, I don't want to take credit for finding all of these things. These are the things I originally saw in my kind of first glimpse. I literally watched the trailer before I had to go to work, and and the things I saw were. Um, we had a cop, a bloody cop uniform. So, you know, we've had several Woodsboro cops get killed. We have. So, yeah. So it could have been Dewey's. It could have been Haas or Perkins from Scream 4. We see uh, a shirt in between um, next to that one. It's a gray shirt. I couldn't really tell who it was. But again, to my great friend, Jader Paramo and, and Scream enthusiasts, we constantly text each other about, oh, my gosh, scream this. Oh, my gosh, scream that. He he did. I, I asked him about it. And he said he, he thought it was Olivia's shirt, the girl who gets killed in Scream 4. Like, um, one of uh, Jill's friends. Um, okay. And then next to that is a mask from the play that Sydney did in Scream Two. Other right. things we see that I uh, that I did see was Jill's outfit, her flannel outfit that she was wearing. You know, at, at the end of Scream Four, we see the lightning prop that Derek, Sydney's boyfriend, was strapped to in Scream Two. We see like a film clapper thing from the set of Stab Three. Um, we see Mrs. Loomis's white suit that she was wearing at the end of Scream 2 and her gun, I believe. We see uh, Billy's bloody shirt. We see Stu's uh, robe from the party. Um, we see uh, Tatum's outfit from, you know, when she, she was killed. Yeah. We see like a case in the back with, uh, I think, more stab member. Really, it's like a ghost face mask and like some stab posters. Um, so those were all of the things I saw. But then in kind of watching, of course, all these deep dive people, they pointed out you could see like Kenny's baseball, the cameraman from the first movie, his, his baseball hat okay. that he was wearing. You could see a case with all of Gail's books that she's written on on this on the, the okay. things. You could see um, Steve, uh, the very first on screen kill of Scream. The yeah. dummy is actually taped to a chair like him wearing his Letterman jacket. And they even put like tape over the, the dummy's like a face. Um, wow. Uh, you see the TV that crushed Stu next to like, okay. his robe is, okay. which I thought was really cool. Um, somebody pointed out in a, another glass case where the film clapper is, you can see the frying pan where Ghostface hit um, Patrick Warburton, who was like the bodyguard okay. to Parker Posey. Okay. The frying pan and then the fax machine from Scream 3 with that very convoluted explosion where everyone had to keep like getting the faxes and going back in the house. Wow. Yeah, like I... It's a, it's a frightening <laughs> amount of tiny little things, things that are in this like, particular yeah, shrine. These are definitely things I did not see. So uh, just in watching videos, these are things people pointed out. 
This is um, obsession, Janine. Yes. This, this is true yes. obsession from I mean, whoever's us... made this shrine. <laughs> us, yes. And then we see all nine ghost face suits. So, and yeah. there looks like there's little name plates under each of them. And Billy's is is in the case. And the mask we so, do see in that first opening is a cracked, weathered yes, it mask. Is. So safe to say it's probably Billy or Stu's original mask. Um, mm, that's a good, you good, know, very good much all there. Michael Myers. So, so yeah, using the same mask I used forty years ago. Yes, you but are then Michael we also sure. see in the trailer Sam holding it. So you know, um, so I don't knows? know. Who knows? Yes. So Who I'm knows? just, all I know is I'm excited. So yes. I'm so excited. For As am I. Yes. And so I'm waiting. I'm excited for you to revisit these films because I talked to you about Scream and you just like. Well, two and face. three. <laughs> and four. Two and three. I think four-ish. You know. I know four more than two and three. One and five, I'm fine. Yes. Well, I definitely want to, to be able to talk to you about these movies and have you not give me a blank stare like when yes. I'm like remember when that happened and you're like oh, oh. not really no I watched it <laughs> years and years ago yes. um meanwhile I'm like oh my gosh this thing and that thing and I'm going crazy so um yes just just so excited I even might I have a character like... cosplay planned for my uh, premiere going situation <laughs> I, I I would just like Maybe we haven't seen this in the shrine yet, but perhaps we'll see this in the movie as a, as a, as an Easter egg type thing. Drew Barrymore's jumper from, from because I it's mean, just a really nice jumper. Yes. I like the jumper. Yes. I would wear it. You know, it's kind of it's something I would wear. So. I know. Like I've wanted to do a Casey Decker like cosplay for a long time just so I can have that sweater. It's really. Nice. I could. I could absolutely <laughs> just pull that off, couldn't I? You could. I just did my hair a certain way and just wore that. It looked like me. It's the kind of stuff I wear anyway. <laughs> I mean, if you wore that wig, you'd look kind of like a little, like a little schoolboy. <laughs> I would look a bit silly, yes. You would need like a giant lollipop. <laughs> a little like sailor captain. Just your beard and... Think of Morgan with the Drew Barrymore <laughs> wig on the screen with his beard. Like, you look like a little lollipop boy. <laughs> Why do I have to be, like, German? Do I have to be <laughs> German or Swiss I or mean, Austrian? I mean, that's the vibe. <laughs> are you just... Are you, are, do you think I'm... What's his name from The Simpsons? <laughs> yes. What's his name? What's his name? The little, like, Austrian would kid look like from a... The Simpsons. Oh, Uta. yes. <laughs> do you think i look like him i mean with some lederhosen and that wig and your beard oh, why do i have to be wearing lederhosen now i've not i've not said anything that about wig, lederhosen. that wig on a man with a beard it would just scream that you would be like that that is in cream well, a blonde. <laughs> you would be a blonde version of that weird that is in cream guy well, I won't do it then. I'm. I apologize for liking Drew Barrymore's lovely jumper. <laughs> I won't yes, do it. I then. mean, I mean, you could do it. I just don't. I don't think the wig is a good. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'll just put my normal ghost face outfit on. Yes, again. You have a ghost face mask. Yes. I do have a ghost so. face outfit. Yes, I do. But I have yes. the cloak, full cloak as well. I yes. Yeah. Um, it's so very yes. big. I trip over it. Really, it's, it's, it's really long. <laughs> Um, that is not very smooth. Shortening properly. <laughs> yeah. No, 
I'm not very agile. I need to get my full ghost face. I, I would love to see you take that to a tailorist. <laughs> I need Can to I have work. my ghost face cloak shortened, please? What? Yeah. Can you wait like no? Nope. You can't. I'm, I'm phoning the police. Can you hem these like little drapey like tendrils? <laughs> ghost face costume. Please make the ends yes. slightly jaggedy. They would immediately call the police. <laughs> they would. They would. A hundred percent. I'd have to do it myself. Yes, yes. But uh, customizing just, ghost yes. face outfits. I'm just so excited for this movie. This trailer got me hyped. It definitely looks like it's doing something different than what we've seen before, which is what this what this franchise needs, particularly with not yeah. having our Sydney back. Um, then just, you know, that opens the door to we don't have our, our kind of marquee characters. So that just opens your door to, you know, do something completely different. And, and I think that's what they're going to do. And I'm so excited. Yep. So, yes, I will yeah. be doing tons of Scream content, just talking about things I love, some fun Easter egg videos, some reviews of each film, ranking videos, all kinds of random Scream related stuff. Because, you know, you see how much I love talking about these movies. So I have done that in in. Uh, different forms on the channel so please look out for some fun screen related content coming out all leading up to uh this new movie all up on the channel so absolutely yeah. well janine let's get into a little bit of a let's talk today let's talk some video game movies in honor all of the right. last of us even though the last of us is obviously a television show we decided to watch three video game movies each yes. um I I had never seen any th three of the ones I I'd watched Janina I think a couple I, of them I've only seen I've seen two of the three I, Okay you've seen two yeah. of the three um but yes we just decided to watch some uh, reasonably notable video game adaptations and uh, yeah. yes let let let's talk about them and what we thought now Janine would you like to start Yes, so one of the films I watched was uh, one I had seen once before, and I remember it being really bad, and yes, it continued to be very bad. Uh, I watched it because it was based, it's based on my favorite video game franchise, which is Tekken. So they oh, did do a, I think, a straight-to-streaming movie, I want to say it was like 2010, um, okay. uh, <clears throat> based on the popular fighting game, and this film was just not good. I mean, the production <laughs> quality is not great. The costuming is very much like Halloween costumes, but they're trying to like make it like Oof. the iconic costumes from the game. The characterization of the characters is not right. Uh, they get the same actor who plays Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat to be the big bad in this movie. Uh, Heiachi, which is like the big mean kind of boss character and he has like this crazy hair that kind of like sticks on each side and they tried to give him that hair in live action and it just looks ridiculous they also try to give him a moment where he's kind of being a good guy which is very much not the character at all not right we don't no, want that no. the story of Tekken kind of follows this generational thing there's Heiachi his son Kazuya who absolutely hates him and then Kazuya has a son with like one of our good characters, June, uh, Jin. But Jin, you know, he's so he's kind of like our good, the best version of these three characters. Okay. Heiachi's this terrible person. He was, I think, training Kazuya as a child. Kazuya wasn't 
strong enough. So he throws Kazuya off a cliff and says, if you are my son, if you are a true fighter, you'll be able to climb out, climb back up. Nice. Uh, Kazuya almost dies. And then like, you know, he, uh, the devil comes to visit him and tells him, if you give me your soul, okay. I, will, I will, I will help you survive. So just so he can live long enough to get vengeance on his father, he takes this deal. So now he has like this devil kind of inside of him. Okay. So then when he does, so then when he, you know, does make a child with our good character, June, that child, Jin, who is a good character, does have a devil gene inside of him. So it's kind of like these three generations of these characters kind of constantly warring. So Kazuya wants to kill his father and Heiachi and Heiachi wants to get Jin because he wants to like get that devil gene to like use for power or whatever. So that's kind of the core story of Tekken. And then we have all, all this characters. All this ridiculously <laughs> complex fantastical story for what is a fighting game. Yes. So that is kind of like the big conflict. But then of course you have your surrounding fighter characters who probably have more generic kind of motivations. Yeah. Um so there were a, a plethora of things and stories and fun characters that they could have followed that could have really played into what people love about the game. I feel like this movie was not some big mainstream movie that was released in theaters. So it's pretty much made to cater to fans of the game. So you could have put storylines that were attached to the games because you know who's watching this movie. But they just chose to like make up their own story, make up their own like places. Like Tekken relates to Iron Fist, which is the name of the big tournament. But they made Tekken the name of the city and they made Tekken the name of a corporation. Oh, okay. And they just put like Tekken all over the place. So it was just kind of weird and like made characters motivations nothing like what they are in the game uh trying to have like these sexy moments with characters like literally this character chris uh christy she's like a capoeira fighter and they tried to like make her like this sexy girl who seduces Jin, and they have her like in these pants where like you can see her butt crack like <laughs> i don't know oh, that's know. not no nice. um so yeah it, it was just it might be nice it might be nice really but you know probably <laughs> no. not a practical um, outfit yeah i mean it was just very cheesy the fights were decent but like how they were filmed were really bad and shaky and trying to be mm. like you know electric guitar nah, 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 kind of no, thing and like no, really we, fast we, we paced and it was just very sloppy this was what 2010 <laughs> and we're in mid 90s late 90s grungy guitar vibes What's yes i mean we had a character played by darren henson who was like a pop uh choreographer so like he okay. choreographed dances for britney spears and in sync and um he had a, like his own set of like dance videos darren's dance grooves like you know work dance workouts whatever would teach you the dances um, okay. And he appeared in this movie. So, like, it's just a random mishmash of things that is very just a hollow interpretation of things from the game. And so it was very disappointing to see. Yes, it doesn't sound great, Janine. <laughs> no. I mean, what is it with these fighting game movies and making something feel way more complex than i think it needs to be yeah. when it's based on a fighting game because one of the movies i watched was 
1994's Street Fighter. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> and Raul Julia. And Ming-Na Wen, who shows yes. in this movie, yes. who's like, I was quite pleased to see Ming-Na Wen. Kylie Minogue is in this movie. Both What's Cammy. going on there? I was yeah. very, really not concerned, surprised. Like, <laughs> I just baffled as to yeah. why someone like Kylie Minogue was in this movie. Uh, Simon Callow was in that movie. Yeah. Bizarre things going on in this. But I was watching Street Fighter and I was saying to myself, okay, Jean-Claude Van Damme's doing typically Jean-Claude Van Damme things. That yes, this is fine. but the funny thing about him being Guile is Guile is like all American. <laughs> yes, I, I do not get me wrong. I was, he literally this is has what an saying. American was, flag tattoo. <laughs> yes, I was watching this movie and I was looking up Street Fighter whilst watching this movie because I have no concept of it. I just know it's a fighting game. Yeah. So story-wise, I have absolutely no concept. And everything that I was reading was just like, well, this isn't. This is deeply <laughs> not what's going on in this movie at all. Yeah. Like, why has this movie got next to no actual fighting in it? Fighting. Yeah. There's and no like fighting more... tournament. There's no character. Yeah. It's it's. Like, give me. Was it was it also nineteen ninety four Mortal Kombat? Give yes. me that. Give yes. me that. Way more over this movie, as in, in terms of, I think what 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 feels like actually an adaptation of the video game because this is some sort of dystopian campy revolutionary yes. movie. Yes, like that Empire doesn't is seem to have anything at all to do with fighting or some sort of fighting tournament or anything and don't get me wrong raul julia i think is absolutely he's, great in this he movie is so good this is his last film and the fact that he is just killing it with this ridiculous material he and, knows you know, what he's doing he knows yes. the kind of movies in and he's i just so think good. he he's giving the perfect level of ham and i think mm -hmm. that's it, it's it's incredible to think of the fact that obviously at this point in his life he was suffering greatly yeah. and would die very, very soon after the I movie mean, dedicated that, to Raul Julia. On that second, um, Adam's family, Angelica Houston, talks about how he was very sick doing that yeah. second movie. So he was already kind of in decline going yeah. into this film. But I I think I enjoyed I enjoyed aspects of it. I enjoy the weirdness of it. The, the, yeah. It's definitely something I think I would watch again for just, just for fun, fun, campy weirdness. Yeah, because it, it's it's that to a T. It's perfect that to a T. But I did feel like it's the need to the games. search what the game was if I didn't obviously know enough about yeah. it, and it just wasn't. Anything. No, it wasn't. Where's the fighting <laughs> tournament? There's no fighting tournament. Street Fighter's all about. Raul Julia hosting a fighting tournament. And yes. there's none of that. And it's Raul Julia kidnapping a bunch of people and Van and Damme Ryu, coming to save them. Ryu is typically your main character in Street Fighter, but because they had uh Because it's Van, Van Damme, Damme, you have to make it Van Damme. Guile is the now Guile is the is the lead character. Weird. And the fact that like Weird. he's like this all American <laughs> like by Sean And it's Van Damme. <laughs> couldn't be couldn't be less american if he wanted yeah. if he, he tries he tries yeah. he's about as american as schwarzenegger thinks he is as well yeah yes you so. know 
You're not actually no. American. You can't. You, when you speak like that, no. oh, hello, I'm Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm yeah. from Belgium. <laughs> I'm going. He's to an all-American come for soldier. You, yeah, General Bison. <laughs> like yes. you're from Belgium, Van Damme. You're not American. Yeah. relax. Yes, so it's a very weird movie. <laughs> weird, weird movie. But I'm glad, but you somewhat enjoyable. It. Somewhat yes. enjoyable. Yes. Yes. Well, you do talk about Street Fighter. Um, and uh, you mentioned Mortal Kombat, which is what I, I watched. I had to. Yes. It's like, it's one of my favorite movies, just generally. Um, we did a I lovely rem- watch along of Mortal we Kombat. We did, all and that you were like, ago. fist pump into the. Like, you were getting into it. Um, but I love this movie. I actually remember seeing it in theaters. Like, me and my brother played. We actually played Street Fighter more, but, you know, we did also play Mortal Kombat. And I think Street Fighter is supposed to be like one of the best-selling games ever, or is it Street Fighter 2? I think it's like Street Fighter 2, and just like an arcade. Yes. Um, so I definitely was more of a Street Fighter fan in terms of games than Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat movie, leaps and bounds, I just think so much more fun than... than it's than, just silly. It's perfect it's, silly. It's perfect, and they also really try to kind of get elements of the game. Um, I loved the characters. I loved the story that they crafted around because um, I don't think Mortal Kombat really had that much of a story. So they were they had more freedom, I think, to kind of create a story, but still keep it set in kind of things that we could see from the game. So I think being able to do that made it a lot of fun. So the characterization of the characters fit very much into, you know, how they were in the game. So I think that worked. And just, I, yeah, I remember seeing this in the theaters and just being so hyped up. Like I remember like in, like at, at the end of the movie, I went to the bathroom and I'm just in the stall, like, you know, doing the, I don't think so. Like striking poses and stuff. And me and my brother oh, were just God. like quoting it and just, yeah. Like I absolutely just have so much fun with this movie. The act, I think the fighting and the action scenes are really great. I really love our characters. I know you hate it. Christopher Lambert, but I thought he was fun kinda, as Ray. I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do, yeah. I don't. I don't hate. It's just weird. It's very... I don't know what it's about. The, like, you think I've got something against people who speak French, but I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Um, no, but I can see why people maybe wouldn't be a fan of that depiction. He's just very silly and cartoony, but I think he's very much like like Raul Julia in terms of he just is just having fun. Like he doesn't care. He's yeah. just going for it. Um but yeah, I think the fights were really great um and really fun the locations um and yeah, I we have a great great quotable villain, some great lines. Oh, so I do. think he, he was definitely much better in this than he was in the Tekken movie <laughs> as Shang Tsung. Um but yeah, I mean, we'll love Mortal Kombat I definitely think it's like one of the best video game re- um, remakes. So, well, I think in terms of enjoyability, yes, it's so fun in to terms watch. Of pure fun, but I know, I think it um, works. yes. So I really, I really love Mortal Kombat. It's one of my favorite movies, just in general, to put on. It's just so fun and <laughs> and crazy, and still a touch of of really trying to invoke a lot of things and like scenes and clips and characters and dialogue directly pulled from the game 
and worked into the story in a way that makes sense not just thrown in there because it's in the game thrown in there like working it actually into the story so yeah yeah. credit to it for that yes credit to it for that (laughs) and i mean you did a film from the same director of this movie (laughs) as well oh i did i did did. yes (laughs) i forget i forget that paul uh, paul ws anderson Mm -hmm. who also directed resident evil Yes. Um, of which there's now six, I think, Resident Evil movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched Resident Evil, the first one from 2002. Um, again, I've got I've got little concept of Resident Evil, the game, other than the fact that it's uh, an action, like a let's kill a load of zombies game. Yeah. We're trapped in a, a facility mm-hmm. and we have to kill all these infected people. Yeah. And essentially, to be fair, that's exactly what the movie is. So I've got to give it credit <laughs> to that. It's got yeah. absolutely nothing else to it other than, oh, look, Mila Jovovich has woken up. She's forgotten things. Oh, look, there's an organization. They're in a place called The Hive. Nobody else really has a character at all, apart from Mila Jovovich in the entire yes. movie. Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez is there doing, doing the same Michelle thing Rodriguez things. <laughs> that she does in everything, yeah. Which we can't fault her for because no. she's always great at doing that and she's she does great. it really well in, in this movie. Oh dear, Michelle Rodriguez turns into a zombie at the end of the movie, which is supposed to be, you know, obviously the big emotional, emotional part, thing. Yeah. The fact that the movie doesn't really give us any time to spend with any sort of character uh, development or anything like that. And is far more interested in literally just being a, a, a crazy early 2000s balls out action horror movie. Yeah. Um, that I'm led to believe is exactly what the game is as well. So you can't yeah, fault it for doing you. that. Yeah. Um, and I will admit to, to having fun with it. I'm not overly sure why there are six of them. Yeah. I always get them confused with the Underworld movies. <laughs> they're they're pretty different. I do actually enjoy the Underworld movies. but um, I, Which I think are a vampire-based Vampires and werewolves, lichens. Vampires and werewolves, lichens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I think they've just got the same kind of action horror early two thousands vibe to them. Um, probably and and similar looking leads. Beckinsale, is it Beckinsale? Yeah, Beckinsale. Yeah, I think that's Who where she met it? Michael Sheen. So because he, yeah, okay. he was he was a lichen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I had fun with Resident Evil as well. I mean, it's incredibly 2002. Like I said, nobody apart from Mila Jovovich has any sort of character character depth at all. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy Michelle Rodriguez doing action-based the things thing because she's she always good at it. Yeah, And it's a perfectly serviceable, serviceable action <laughs> horror movie. It, yes. it is. And it seems to me to have been actually a really rather uh, authentic depiction of, of its own um, game. Okay, yeah, because I've never played the game, and I've yeah, I know I've never movie. played the game, but from from what I could from what figure you could out, kind of look, yeah, it, it it seems to be. So I'll give Resident Evil uh, credit for that. So fair play okay. to, to Resident Evil, I think. <laughs> okay, um, mine is one I had I'd never seen. Um, Ooh, obviously the last very. One. Yes, very popular. Um, I think it did well. I think it's maybe seen on the better end of of um, 
video game adaptations, but very much of its time, and that is Tomb Raider. <laughs> uh, the but presumably Angel the, the Angelina Jolie. Yes, I saw the Alicia Vikander one, and it was very boring. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The the Fassbender no, family no. is not 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 the best track record for video game adaptation. Yes, thank God, <laughs> Mr. Not, and Mrs. Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, I thought about watching Assassin's Creed. Assassin's I do actually Creed. have an Assassin's Creed Funko Pop that I forcibly got in a like a loot crate box. <laughs> so. I have actually played some of Assassin's Creed as well, so I know I, I know ish a little bit about it. So yes, if what? anybody is a fan of Assassin's Creed <laughs> Here it is. and wants this fun go pop, um, yeah. <laughs> what I always, what I never really liked about the Assassin's Creed movies was the fact that it wasn't just in the past. It had to be some sort of technology oh, let's, simulation. Let's, ha let's simulate all this techy, graphicy weirdness and let's all talk about computers and science uh, no yeah. just give just me the don't... 17th century please yeah the real things so... i'm not interested in the modern day go back in history and what yeah. let me climb over buildings please and, and stab people with a big sword <laughs> yeah um uh, but yes the 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 fassbender family not not the best video game movie track record um but I did, yeah, it was the the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider that I watched for the first okay. time. You know, very much you know mustache twirling villain, uh, just very weird. Her trying to put on this British accent while Daniel Craig was trying to put on an American accent was very confusing. <laughs> um, the the music felt very kind of cheesy, <laughs> like um, it felt very much like the music that like spoof movies use for action oh, sequences dear. like the oh, music <laughs> like um if you think of uh there's like a fight scene in the movie Deuce Bigelow male gigolo oh, and the music God. the music in this ridiculous spoofy fight sequence that's also kind of just um kind of mocking the matrix that music felt like the music that was in this tomb raider movie <laughs> Janine, you're not allowed to talk about Juice. Bigelow I know, I know, I, because you have yeah. history of fighting I with. I mean, Mr. we made Schneider. up. We made up. He apologized. Why? He's a weirdo. Have you, he's got worse on Twitter. Have you seen him? No, I have not. I mean, he's got it's, worse. It's very triggering. It's very triggering. But he did apologize to me. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, the music, like in very kind of silly movies that that are supposed to invoke action, is like the general score of of tomb raider oh, um just this very explicit scene of her showering like okay some some very explicit side boob okay um <laughs> tomb raider tomb raider i think has always had this reputation <laughs> of yeah. being deeply nerdy sad guys in basements going ah, yeah so i will Lara say there Croft was having posters of lara croft on the world and basically just crying over the fact someone has a pair of boobs yes i'd raid her too <laughs> precisely know. these yeah. kind of statements <laughs> yes um but i think in terms of look they definitely made her look like the the character in the game um they had her doing some tomb raiding actions so i good that. that's what she should you be know, doing very good characterization of this person 
Uh, but yes, just in terms of kind of like your hero villain dynamic, very kind of <laughs> obvious. You know, I didn't like seeing this jet black dyed hair of um, uh, Sir Jorah Mormont. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know, dear. As our oh dear oh dear uh poor ian glenn yeah yes he was very much being a mustache twirly like yeah i need to get this artifact yeah <laughs> so i can do this thing yeah <laughs> like that's uh, you know oh, we see sake. him getting you know massages of women walking on his back and like you know <laughs> he just Oh dear. Rich, you know, boss man villain, just yes. very kind of corny. But I will say the action is good. I think, you know, from the little I know of the game, it seemed very much like what we would get from the game. So uh again, a serviceable <laughs> uh video game adaptation. Character looks like the character, solid action, uh, you know, and a clear villain. Uh, some really over the top, very much feeling like it's in a sound stage action sequences, uh, cheesy action music, very much of its time. So yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoyed Tomb Raider for you know what it was, but it will never beat Mortal Kombat in my heart. And it seems like know. it works in a similar <laughs> sense to what Resident Evil was doing. Yeah, at, at that particular time as well, which give credit to something that. Yeah actually wants to be an adaptation of the video game it's adapting street yes. fighter you know <laughs> exactly and also kind of my last movie which isn't remotely an adaptation of any video game of this particular character but i've ever come across something but something that's actually well received i think well received well received i think it's a perfectly good movie i watched sonic the hedgehog from 2020 yeah <laughs> Um, the movie that famously got its entire Sonic look changed because nobody <laughs> liked the look of it from the first trailer, yes, which made an and amazing that... joke in in the Chippendale movie. <laughs> so good. Okay, After, I don't know that. I don't. Know. Um, there's like a con, like a comic con for like old cartoon characters, like old cartoony characters, like doing their their cartoon shows is their job so then they go to like okay. comic book conventions and one of the booths is ugly sonic is <laughs> that old version of sonic oh god and he's okay. literally just like billed as like ugly sonic and he has well he was and he looks creepy and he yeah, was he's... he was ugly creepy sonic and the yeah. sonic we actually have in two movies now i didn't watch yeah. the second movie um looks really quite good um, I like James Marsden in this mm -hmm. movie as, as yeah. Sonic's body and protector. I like the fun, kind of frantic attitude of Sonic. Yeah, I think he, he comes across as a good adaptation of what I know that character Sonic as the character. So yes, even though it's be. not in that world that we know, it, which is a shame. Which, which, yeah. Because I didn't really know. I didn't really know kind of what the movie was. I knew who was in it. Yeah. Um, but I'd never seen it. I think Jim Carrey... I think Jim Carrey's actually quite good as Robotnik. I mean, this is I, like... Yeah, I feel like we hadn't seen him like this in a really long time. So no, nice he's doing... He's doing... A particularly thoughtful. the end... The end scene, I think right before the credits, it 
teases us with like a full real Robotnik look when he's kind yeah. of banished to another world. Yeah. Um, and, and that I just felt, yes, this is very accurate. This is very good. I, I would actually watch the sequel to this movie. No, yeah, see... I recently watched both of them for the first time and they were a lot of fun. Yeah, to see a a very seemingly accurate Robotnik, Eggman yeah. or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, I actually used to I think it would be quite I don't know if I just couldn't read or something but yes I used to think his name was Robotink when I would like read it on the screen (laughs) my brain would just read it as a Robotink over the longest time you could see why I thought his name was Robotink Robotink. I've always I've actually always referred to him as Eggman okay I I very rarely call him Robotnik Robotnik, but obviously the movie makes a big decision to refer to him constantly as Dr. Robotnik. Um, but it was a shame to me how we kind of only got the, the world of Sonic at the very, very beginning of this movie the where beginning. we briefly see a little flashback of kind of kid Sonic before he gets yeah. brought to or sent to, to Earth. Real world, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's a really sweet kind of movie. It's a buddy movie. It's yeah. it's almost ET-ish in its the government's <laughs> after Sonic. Please protect Sonic, and then kind of you end up housing a friendship him at kind the of end. develops. Yeah. A friendship developments that you didn't think was going to be there, and people are initially scared of Sonic. I do admittedly think I just really would have preferred the movie had it been the equivalent of I think what this new. Super Mario Brothers movie is going to be very much set in the world of Sonic. Sonic's world is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic world is really cool. I I have played Sonic games. I really enjoyed the Sonic games. I played them on Sega. That was one of my favorite Sega games. Mm -hmm. I I, I like Shadow. I like Shadow, obviously the dark broodings version Mm -hmm. of Sonic, who's just, I'm going to. He's half a villain, isn't he? Shadow Which I Rings. think they, I think they tease him maybe at the end of the second one. Okay. I would like. We do get knuckles and tails in the second. Knuckles one, and so. tails. Yes, we want yeah. knuckles and we like knuckles. Idris like Elba is knuckles. So. We want uh, Amy and the other one who I forgot the name of now. <laughs> um, I like them. I like the world. I I always. L- Really, really enjoyed playing Sonic games as far as arcade games go. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed Sonic. Really, really enjoyed Mario um, as well. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie, even though it just felt like it wasn't really a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, even though obviously he's the main character. There was nothing inherently yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog about it. Other than okay. the fact that he was obviously the lead, which is, I mean, tonally, I mean, world-wise. I enjoyed yes. the movie. I did enjoy the movie, though. Yeah. No, I, re- I really, I was surprised by Sonic. Um, I, I thought it was going to be really cheesy and also bring Sonic into the real world kind of thing. But they actually made it work and, like, those E.T. vibes, I think, were really fun. Um, yeah, I recently watched both of them for the first time. So it, it was a nice surprise. And I feel like we are definitely kind of getting into the era of, of video game movies actually doing some interesting things and not having this terrible kind of curse set upon them. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So yes, I, I think we we both watched a pretty interesting mishmash of things. I'm glad we got some Morgan hasn't seen moments where you got to kind of discover some new movies that were very much of pop culture that you had never seen before. So I think that's always a fun thing. Yeah. Uh, I got to see a new movie that was pretty popular that I had never seen uh and, and revisit a favorite and uh to see something miserable that i never need to see again so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yay ever 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 watch tekken <laughs> yes don't don't ever <laughs> lovely stuff there are some nice video game ad adaptations for you that all of which are in no way as deeply um, emotionally invested as in recreating the video game as The Last of Us clearly yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Janine, let's end this episode as we always like to with some fun and games and the return of a nice game of Six Degrees, All which right. it's been a little while since we have played. I'm usually dreadful at six degrees games janine so i have been granted permission to use one clue and actually research the first <laughs> yes. link that so I'm we're going gonna be to doing be performing a very basic link uh to the scream killers so uh we're gonna give each other three scream killer actors and that's all they have to go off of starting with a project of theirs that is non-scream related and somehow get to a scream movie yes in in as in any number of links yes so all you have is a name or as a few name. as we can get yes all you have is an actor name of somebody who's played a scream killer yeah using something non-scream related to get them to okay. scream any scream movie okay i'm 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 ready but i'm not ready because i'm not going to do very well because i never <laughs> do very well because i always forget who's who and who's been in what don't i yes i do yes. it's part Janine, of the madness like, it is part of the madness Janine, would you like to go first i always do <clears throat> well i want you to get to any scream movie starting with Emma Roberts, who of course was the killer in Scream Four. <laughs> okay, um, Emma Roberts, which I can't even think of any movie she's been in, except this really terrible rom-com with Hayden Christensen <laughs> called uh, Hayden Little Christensen Italy. Might be useful where though. they are like in rival pizza, rival pizza <laughs> restaurants, and it's really okay. bad. Um. And I think it was like maybe a straight to streaming movie or something. But uh, yes, Little Italy. <laughs> Emma Roberts was in Little Italy with Hayden Christensen. He's useful though, Hayden Christensen, yes. because of what he's been in. Who was in uh, Awake? Oh, with Terrence Howard. No. Who was in? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we're there. We're <laughs> I there. I think I got it. Who was in um, Best Man with Morris Chestnut? Oh, who, who was in a movie we'll be covering soon on the show? Two can play that game with Anthony Anderson, who was in Scream Four. Okay, as okay. As, as, as Perkins, <laughs> the cop. Nice. Perkins. 
Nice. Well done. Using better man. I like that. I like that. Morris Chestnut. Okay. Oh, dear. It's my turn. Okay. Prepare yourself, you... everyone. We'll give you uh, an easy one. An easy one to start. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Matthew oh, Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Hi. I'm Matthew Lillard. I was in Scooby-Doo. Um, Scooby-Doo's quite useful, actually, for that time and period and, and things. Scooby-Doo, Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> and then you just go straight to screen. Which one? Two. Good job. All right. Yay. <laughs> yes, very easy. Yes. Success. It's a pity on you, because we did establish Morgan is very lacking in his scream knowledge, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave you a very easy oh, one. Oh dear, thank yes. you. I appreciate him and that. Skeet are like so easy because <laughs> at that time they, they literally did other things with Neff Campbell and Sarah Michelle Keller and yeah, yeah. And I think Skeet also did a movie with Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> so like very very easy to connect the two of them. Yeah, I, in... I, I, for some reason I'm trying to remember. I, I, I forget all the Skeet Ulrich movies now. He was in the craft with an F Campbell done. <laughs> was in the craft. Was in the craft. <laughs> yes. Was in lo lovely. Lovely. Okay. Yes. Okay, Jenny. I would like uh, Mikey Madison, Ooh, okay. who plays um, Amber. Amber in Scream yes. Five, who gets burned alive. Okay. And to get to any Scream movie. Okay. Well, the only other thing I can think of her in is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where she also get got burnt to a crisp. Um, so Mikey Madison was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with so many people. Oh yes, a good fair few people. Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, let's see. Oh, oh, I can get to him. How do I get to him? Okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio was in The Quick and the Dead Ooh. with Gene Hackman. Ooh. Who was in Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver who was in Aliens with Lance Henriksen who was in Scream 3. <laughs> Wow! I, wow! Fair enough. Yeah, the, the knowledge is just deep. The, it's impressive that I just don't that have was the exciting. level. That was exciting. The level of speed of thought of knowledge. I can talk about movies. I can. I can <laughs> voice my opinions in some sort of reasonable way and and contextualize things. But pure trivia knowledge like this is just not in my wheelhouse at all anymore. It might have been at one time. At one point. It might have been. Okay, go ahead. Give me a second one. Okay, well, I'll give you her, her partner in crime, Jack Quaid. Oh, am I allowed to use television? You are. Ooh. Which then but I will not, tell you. I will if tell you not, how I how I would have gone about getting to Jack Quaid if you you know if you Well Jack Quaid, I feel like he's also been in the Hunger Games. Was he also in the Hunger Games? He was in the Hunger Games. So oh dear. 
The Hunger Games. Who else was in The Hunger Games? Quite a lot of people were in The Hunger Games, but who was in The Hunger Games? Is somebody from a Scream movie that I would instantly know was in a Scream movie. <laughs> Um, do, 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 do. the Hunger Games with don't go, Gen don't say Jennifer Lawrence, say someone more useful. Stanley Tucci, he's more useful. Okay, he's more useful in this sort of realm, isn't he? Um, Stanley Tucci, you can go. God, other Stanley Tucci movies. The only one that comes to mind is Easy A, which I feel like is a half useful movie for having I mean, if you're, if you're Lisa Kudrow TV. in it and then Courtney Cox in <laughs> Friends and then Scream. Please, can I have that? I'll give it to you. I'll give it yes. to you. Yes. Good job. Good job. I'm proud of you. That's going to be a tough one for you. All right. Yes. Lay it on me. Oh, okay. Janine, your last one. Laurie Metcalf to a Scream movie. Okay. The only movie I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, unless I could, I could go to TV. But, I mean, she was in Lady Bird, was she not? Wasn't she the mom? Yes, yes, she was. <clears throat> she was. Where are you? Where are we going from Ladybird? Okay. Lori Metcalf was in Ladybird with Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. He was. Yes, he was. Ooh, ooh, who was in like possibly get to who was in um dune with a useful movie with a lot of people Any in dune awful with oscar isaac it was yes. in dune with oscar isaac who was in the force awakens with harrison ford yes who is in The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Who was in, in Batman Forever with Jim Carrey, who was in Ace Ventura with Courtney Cox, who was Brilliant. in all of the screen movies. <laughs> Wonderful. 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 <sighs> all right. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Your last one. Yes. Is Lori Metcalf's partner in crime, Mr. Timothy Oliphant. Am I allowed to use television? <laughs> I guess. Because I can do it in one. <laughs> what? I no, that's not fair. In, no, that is, is not fair. One, no, that is, I can do that, it in one. That is not fair. I can do it in one. Yeah, Morgan yeah. has it in one. Because <laughs> this was a great show. It was that a great got show. unfairly cancelled on Netflix without ever finishing anything because Timothy mm -hmm. Oliphant was yeah. in Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore, who's yes. lovely Casey Becker yes. in Scream. Well, if you had any jumper. sense of creativity and could have I have not with movies. <laughs> I would have gone for Timothy Oliphant was in 
live free or die hard. Oh yes, like, because I've seen live free or die yes. hard and it, knew he was in it was, that. It was the, he was the villain in that. Die was hard he really? With, with Justin Long, which is a quick one right there. He was in it with Justin Long, yeah. who was in Go the yeah. Distance, or she's just not that into you with uh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> so all comes round to drew <laughs> yes all comes round to drew yes I w- i'm quite pleased with myself you i know did you did a good job ones, but i'm quite yes, pleased and i let myself. you use tv but thank you for doing that thank yeah. you for doing that <laughs> fun show today yes. as ever <laughs> on monday madness of course it is not the only show we have on this podcast feed or on this youtube channel if you are watching this show today is it janine no, of course, we have our show, Morgan Hasn't Seen Everyone Wednesday, where I force you to watch things you haven't seen. We are going into the month of love coming up. So we have some really fun February shows planned for that. But we, oh, we certainly do closing out this week. Yes, we do have some fun things coming up. We are closing out our big 200th episode. Uh, so that's going to be fun discussion, uh, talking yes. about our number one favorite series we've covered on Morgan Hasn't Seen. So I've been really loving us kind of going, taking a look back at the show. Uh, so yeah, come hang out with us for our big 200th episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen this Wednesday. Um, Which is and very, very Friday exciting. Have, it is, it is. And uh, every Friday we have It's a Wonderful Podcast where we give love to classic films. So we've been talking it's randomly. So a newspaper, <laughs> newspaper <laughs> dramas, have, noirs, comedies, um, with very deplorable newspaper, uh, newspaper man movies. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it works. I don't know how it's we good. got on this. I don't know how we got on that genre of film, but it's it's been really interesting. We got on that genre of film because we really liked Ace in the Hole that yeah. much that we started the year <laughs> with, and just thought, oh, let's do another like newspapery type movie and we've just yeah. carried it carried it on for the entire month of january but yes it's a big week on it's a yes. wonderful podcast this week with episode 200 of morgan hasn't seen coming out and uh it, it's very celebratory it's uh looking Yay, back at what is by far and away yeah. what is by far and away the best series in morgan hasn't seen's yeah. history uh, but of course, we do have the main show as well. As you said uh, this week, we're talking Fritz Lang's While the City Sleeps, 1956. Um, before getting into a, a, a little fun series and a milestone episode of its own in February for, for the main show, actually, for It's a Wonderful Podcast. So a, a hell of a lot of fun stuff coming up um, on on all the shows and, of course, on, on this show as well on Monday madness monday wednesday friday we have you covered on the it's a wonderful podcast feed on anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast Castbox, amazon music and everywhere else as i have said before subscribing the notification bell on this youtube channel if you are watching today's episode and for all the fun stuff we have on here as well the reviews janine's screen videos that are coming thick and fast and will continue to 
before the release of Scream 6, Morgan's movie collection. I show off the Blu-rays and fun things I buy to fill up my movie shelves and, uh, and other fun stuff as well um, that we have here. Plenty more new things coming to this channel and constant content for you all to enjoy. If you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any way, um, there are links in the description to that. It has also been scrolling down at the bottom of the screen. All episode long links in the description to those things. We can't do what we do without the wonderful support of our patrons. Um, we love them dearly. If you would like to join them, patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Find the tier that's right for you. Or just find us on social media on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. I am on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the E and the because Janine. Three is the magic number. <laughs> on Instagram at the Purple Don. And perhaps it might be worthwhile soon to even follow me on TikTok. Ooh. Which is also at the Purple Don, as you might expect. But <laughs> There might not be anything on there now, but <laughs> there may be very, Do it. very soon. Do it. There may be very soon. And I, I know virtually nothing about TikTok. I'm an old man when it comes to that kind of thing. So enjoy. And if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Janine, all your crazy stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at our Teespring shop. Link is in the description below, or it's been scrolling by if you're watching on the YouTubes. Uh, just search It's Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com to get some awesome, fun merch. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Well, there we go. I do think there's only one thing left to do, Janine. Um, I'm not sure if you want to do some sort of impression. I would say either try and do some sort of grungy Pedro Pascal impression or like Ghostface in his little uh, <clears throat> walkie-talkie voice modulator. I can't do a very good Roger L. Jackson, but I can, I can yeah. try. <laughs> try. Try for us, Janine. Three, two... What? Not it's bad. Terrible. It's not it's bad. I would. I would. It's. I would be terrified. Bye. Bye. Bye.